The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum everyone, welcome to the Arise to Success show. In this show we aim to highlight inspiring individuals and their journeys to success. I'm your host in this show, my name is Jihad. Throughout this show, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send them on 0779481822. We have a great guest today whom I personally connected with in the past and we had several conversations. Maylin is a brand strategist and designer and she will be sharing with us how she started her first business, Puppetry, from scratch when she was a new mum. Besides the challenges and wins. Maylin then sold this business and now back to doing branding to help more Muslim small businesses shine to, as their go-to. But the big goal has always been the same for her, which is to inspire new generations of young Muslims to feel a sense of belonging and to feel proud to be visible Muslims and who continue to do good and to uplift the Ummah. Maylene, it's a great pleasure to have you with us today and thank you for accepting my invite to be a guest on the show today. I love you all. Yeah, thank you. I, I, and you know, the goal that you have, I, I love a goal and mashallah, <coughs> you like to inspire the younger generation, which is also an aim of, of, of this show, which is to bring in inspiring individuals like yourself to share their success stories so that we can learn from them as well. Um, so perhaps maybe firstly can tell us more about you and what you do before we talk about your first business and the journey behind it. Sure. So, Salaikum, everyone. Um, so, I'm May, and I'm the brand strategist and designer at Studio Nora Nisa. And basically, what I help, or who I help, rather, are visionary Muslim small businesses, and I help them to be recognized, remembered, and raved about as the go-to in their niche with a captivating brand. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Excuse me. Um, can you tell us more about the branding that you do as well? Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, I hear about so many different things like, you know, um, there is a, another guest that will be coming in the show in the next few weeks who is a social media and paid ads strategist. So mm-hmm. when you are a strategist and designer and, you know, social media, I get confused. What is what? So can you yeah, tell us? Yeah, I know. I'm I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you're confused. And I don't, you're not you're not alone, Jihad. So mm-hmm. basically what I'd like to say, say is you know i think people when they think about showing well when you have a small business you want to be visible isn't it you want to get out there and you want to be connecting with the right people the right kind of your dream clients and customers so that they will um buy from you and work with you and inshallah you're able to help them as well get to where they want to get to and all that visibility and authority etc how i like to see it is you know people usually think I think this is something that people usually make this mistake of thinking that, okay, I want to be out there. I want people to know about me. They think marketing. But what what it is is that before you even go into marketing, you should really think about your brand. And that is how people perceive you as mm-hmm. a business um, and whether they see you as the solution to the, the problem or whether they see you as the person or the company that can help them to achieve what they want to achieve in their business so it is all about their perception about the the image of whether your brand fits into their lifestyle as well uh Mm -hmm. whether they have that sense of belonging basically you know i'm sure a lot of people have heard about the no like trust factor it is getting them to know you to like you to trust you and you're top of their minds whenever they need to get something from someone like you and then what what marketing does is take that essence of you what what you that perception of you and actually help you to get that further so for example you know it could be a message it could be a tagline um you know for example i'm just thinking like with apple think different Mm. now if that that is a whole kind of brand building and a messaging behind it and then obviously it kind of fits in with all their values and how they do things and but then what then you have is um the marketing side which is your advertisements whether that's facebook ads google ads whether that's influencer marketing they you want them to say the same thing over and over again so if everyone's repeating the same thing everyone's got the 
the same kind of vibes from you, from you as a brand, then that becomes stronger. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you could be marketing and you could be getting eyeballs on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's no clear message. There's no clear differentiation between you and someone else in your industry. Then what happens is they might just forget about you after a while mm-hmm. or, or they think about your industry, but they don't actually think about you specifically and mm. what you want either so so the journey i see is like branding is really important in getting that foundation it's like building a house that foundation and then all the car mm. uh, and then that's the car itself and then you have marketing which is basically like the the petrol or the electricity that drives your car and gets you from point a to point b does that help to kind of make sense yeah, yeah, no, that that's that's a really good. I really like the uh, what you use there to kind of make it easier to understand. So, does branding include the marketing as well, or just the actual branding that you just talked about? Actual branding. So, some of the things that we look into in branding would be um, you have you have um, the the kind of like the visual, which mm. is actually no. Let's 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 think about it this way. Another analogy I like to use is mm. you think about. Um, you know when you're walking down the street and you smell something, this fragrance, and you think, oh yeah, and you you, you recognize it. It mm. might be Joe Malone, it might be I don't know Calvin Klein, yeah. whichever you love, right? Or Suna Musk, and yeah. and you smell, it smell it in it, it conjures up some kind of emotions. Mm-hmm. And actually, actually, let me ask you, Jiha, do you have a favorite scent? Um, I like oud. Oud. Okay, so yeah. if you smell it, does it take you somewhere? Does it kind of remind you of a particular memory or a particular place? Yeah, particular places, particular memories, yes. Precisely. Okay, so so this is what you want a brand to do. Right. You want it to conjure up those emotions and things like, um, like yeah, it's kind of conjuring up those emotions, that, that, that feeling, and you mm-hmm. want people to, when they see your brand, when they interact with your brand, when they think about your brand, they have that same emotional reaction because that's how you're memorable Mm. and and so what I like to say is you know with branding it is from it's the whole process of okay I'm going to create or rather your product your offer um, is the actual fragrance but before all that before you make that you would have known number one clarity so I call it the four C's clarity why are you doing this who are you doing this for Mm -hmm. and and then the the next C uh, is the the core like what what are the notes all the fragrances that you're going to put into this bottle that makes Mm. up this fragrance it's like the essence Mm. and then you have um and then that's also like the the values you know what that's your values uh what what you stand for what you're trying to do and then you have the crafting which is the bottle itself how how are you packaging that and Mm. and that's kind of like um that's what we talk about the look and feel your Mm. Uh, like whether if if your product business obviously packaging mm-hmm. but then even if it is something like your um what do you call that if, even if you're a coach for example it's mm-hmm. what, what what does that what's your offer look like how do you how do you sell it to people um what kind of analogy do you use and then you have the conjuring part which is like we said like what kind of emotions do you want people to feel when they think mm-hmm. about your brand so so yeah, yeah so basically it's it's all branding is all that in terms of from yeah. knowing why you're doing what you're doing all the way to what you're trying to what you're trying p- to get people to feel and and that comes through both verbal and non-verbal like the messaging the mm. the experience everything so mm-hmm. so it's actually a lot bigger than what most people think and you know when you think about business i wouldn't have thought that it's you know it's all of these <laughs> the examples that you've given you know the car and you know the um the, the perfume and all of that so it's quite interesting because it seems like you go really in depth of it which kind of what what, what i can relate to it's more like you help it to stand out precisely i mean anyone can get out there with a business with a brand and you know you don't it, it's good to know all this because really you want to work to becoming a memorable brand. You want to work towards becoming known for that mm-hmm. thing that you're known for so that you're the go-to because it is all, when you're running a business, it is about making that sales, being, you know, having that recognition and having people trust you as the go-to basically. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, you do need to stand out when it's such mm-hmm. a crowded marketplace. And, you know, with social media as well, social media marketing is kind of free, right? Like you, you, you're getting, it's it's such a, I mean, I love that you can just very easily market yourself nowadays 
Mm. Whereas before, you know, there's newspaper ads and TV ads, and it's so much more of a faff to kind of get everything together. Now you can do it, you know, just through social media. But it is a very crowded marketplace. If people are bombarded by messages every day, how do you stand out? How do you shine to them as like, hey, I'm the I'm the person to go to, I'm the brand to go to to be able to help you take take you from A to Z, for example. Mm. Quite interesting. And Imagine if we have two businesses selling, mm-hmm. you know, similar service or similar products, or maybe the same things. Does branding help one of them to stand out more than that? Or if they're both using branding, how does it make each one of them stand out? Do they use different kind of branding? Yeah, so so definitely. Um, this is it's funny you asked me that because I remember I was in a taxi once going home from a networking event and I passed by these two kebab shops. Mm. Well, probably selling exactly the same thing right yeah. but one was branded the other wasn't mm. one was you might know the brand it's called Labab this isn't Shoreditch so Labab and yeah. I think the vibes is there like catering to this like young hip crowd they've got this kind of like the, the, the graphics the fonts the colours the lighting they all suggest that and even the menu has got a little bit of a flair to it and the mm. next to it was like you know your regular kebab shop and it says best kebab mm. and it was just like this this like bright fluorescent lighting there was the pictures were like I don't know from maybe 10 years old or something and they were like and you can see okay brandings obviously help people to See, like this is this is me because you know when people use brands mm. that there is this they take on this sense of belonging and you're helping people find their belonging as well they want to be associated with this brand they don't want to be associated with that other brand i mean i know mm. sometimes it's, it's not always that way because i know like my husband would be like i don't care i just go for like <laughs> the best above you know it doesn't matter what the branding is like but yeah. the, the thing is there, there are studies there's stats to show that when you invest in design you're actually getting a lot more back um per mm. dollar on on the returns on like because people would then associate what you have with the quality of the product that they're getting so Mm -hmm. so it is important to to do that and and this is the reason why really big brands are you know investing in in their branding all the time and always updating like coca-cola has always Mm -hmm. kind of up to date um with that and and sometimes it's just very slight tweaks but it is those important changes to keep themselves top of mind for people mm-hmm. um and but the thing is the thing is you know it doesn't have to be only for big brands and big businesses small brands small businesses can do the same as well yeah yeah <laughs> okay so, you know it's, it's it's quite interesting when you said coca-cola the first thing that came to my mind is the colors black and red and when i think about asda for example the green color so you know is is the color and the logo and all of that part of branding and part of the memories that you said that we would always associate it with specific memory or specific you know uh places or colors and so on is that part of branding as well is yeah i would say definitely colors would play a big role as well i mean i know people sometimes can really get into the color psychology but Mm. what i like to also be aware of is someone might say oh yeah it's good for a bank to have blue because it's obviously saying you know, like trust and security, mm-hmm. etc. But then think about it, every bank would use blue and then where where are you standing out? Mm-hmm. So I like to think about it, like look at it this way, you know, mm-hmm. see what other brands are doing, see what colours obviously work in terms of the associations that it gives, but then add your own twist to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, like Starling, I think it's Starling, they have, they don't have blue, they have a deep purple, which is kind of a little bit different from blue. So it does still have that deep colour, Mm. still the same kind of spectrum that would instill that trust but then you know there's something a bit different about them and like for someone who really doesn't want to go with the boring bank you know they mm. they would appreciate that like mm. they might be thinking well i'm i'm different i'm this kind of person mm. who i want to go with to just to say like oh are you starling or mm. i mean i know it's just a bank but you know yeah. when you work that card I don't know for me when I use my Monzo card and this bright fluorescent orange card comes out I'm like you know like I, I do love my Monzo card and yeah <laughs> kind of suggest the kind of person you are in a way and yeah. and yeah so there's a lot of that a lot there's a lot that goes on actually and and I think when it comes to color so when it comes to color yes it plays an important role always bringing your all this while keeping in mind what other people are doing um one thing I would say like I would really pay 
kind of attention to when it comes to color psychology definitely is food mm. because you can't use orange for a, a grape flavor for example or mm. you know there are certain things like that 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 people are just so used to that is kind of inbuilt in our psychology about mm. what color tastes what color tastes like what that too different and it just feels wrong <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely no that that's that's clear thank you for that and you also mentioned earlier that i wanted to come back to about the social media marketing that is free now that we can make use of it and mm. so on now um some people when they try to use that marketing they don't get anywhere with it so is there for example is it worth investing in you know social media ads and Again, does that come under branding or does that come under something else? And because it feels like sometimes, you know, speaking about myself as well, when, when mm. I watch Instagram at the start, no clients from Instagram. So sometimes mm. I feel like, you know, it depends on which social media you use, depending on when you target audience. But at the mm. same time, does that come under branding? Does that come under something else where people should invest in, in, in more ads? What's, what's, what, what's your feedback? Yeah, so it's not exactly branding, but they do kind of, there's overlaps. Mm. And they do kind of work very closely together. Like I would always say that you need both branding and marketing. But um, like as I mentioned earlier, you know, you could be doing the marketing, but if your messaging, for example, wasn't right and you were yeah. not connecting with the right audience or you're not using the, for example, you weren't using the right language or perhaps, you know, when, when marketing, with marketing, branding, both what's really important is you really know your audience. And mm. what you have to offer and how what you're offering is going to transform their lives. So mm. if you're not getting that across mm. in the right language, that's simple to understand, then yeah. then sometimes that's where the, the results are not coming because whoever is following you, uh, for example, doesn't resonate with what you have to say or they don't see that that is something they need right now. Mm. Uh, and, mm. and yeah, so, so like with marketing... You know, there, there obviously are other things involved as well. Like, okay, so, you know, where are where are your kind of ideal clients or customers, mm-hmm. for example, hanging out? Mm-hmm. And you might be, you might be, for example, on a LinkedIn when you should be on Instagram or you should be on, or maybe TikTok is where the people are at, et cetera. And it's, so with marketing, it the marketing part is about, okay, where, where are the opportunities where you can get your, your messaging, you know, get your brand out there? But no, before doing that, you need to know who you are, who you, what you stand for, mm-hmm. who resonates with what you stand for. And like, you know, you're basically trying to attract the right audience and showing that you know what they are going through and, mm-hmm. and that you have the solution for them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but marketing is, you know, there, there's a lot more to it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's there's, like I said, there's parts that overlaps a little, but then, then yeah. you've there's other things like you know the marketing drives there might be some kind of experiential activation campaigns and etc that that falls under very specifically marketing and I think funnels and things like that also are Mm -hmm. under marketing so so there's a whole different side to it and when you go to an agency like some some agencies will do everything Mm. but then you would probably also find you have branding and then you have marketing that are kind of separate but they work together does that kind of make sense yeah, yeah, no, and it, and it makes me feel as well that branding is more of the foundation before the marketing, isn't it? Um, because yeah. that if you don't have your message right, then you're not really marketing to the right audience. Yeah, and you will, and you will not be, you might not be mem- remembered for, mm-hmm. for what it is that you do because there's mm-hmm. not a strong enough kind of identity mm-hmm. um, and message behind all that marketing efforts. Mm. Quite interesting. There's quite a lot to business, isn't it? It's not just, you know, starting a business and just, you know, selling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing that, which makes it a lot clearer. And just to remind the listeners, and if anybody joined us now, we have Maylin on the show today, who is a brand strategist and designer. And she will be sharing also with us how she started her first business from scratch when she was a new mom, besides the challenges and wins. And after selling the business, May is now back to doing branding to help more Muslim small businesses shine as the go-to. But the big goal has always been the same for her, which is to inspire new generations of young Muslims to feel a sense of belonging and to feel proud to be visible Muslims who and who continue to do good and to uplift the Ummah. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send those on 0779 488 
So, uh, Maylene, you know, uh, as a new mom and starting mm-hmm. a business, um, could you tell us about that journey with your first business and why you sold it? Why did I sell it, did you say? Yeah, if you tell us first your journey. Yeah. Okay, sure. So, basically, I was working in, like, the brand branding industry um Mm. in in like this uh top agencies globally um for about i think it uh, by that time it was maybe about 10 to 15 years mm. and and then obviously i had my first child mm. and so so i was on maternity leave um got bored <laughs> i needed a creative outlet and then I, i think what it was was as i was decorating my my daughter's room and seeing all this really cute stuff I'm like I can do that myself. I'm a designer. You know, I don't have to buy this. So it started off being that I was designing my own things, trying to find out where I can get it printed. And then at some point, I'm like, well, if these people are selling it, why can't I sell it too? Because I can do it. So, I, you know, it was more like a, a hobby at that time, um, just trying to see what happens, really. Um, and I, and then um, I think I got quite a few sales on this was, on Etsy at first, because that's yeah. where people go to get like their creative things, right? So I mm-hmm. uh, started off there. But I think at one point uh, when it was time for me to teach my children or, or when I was starting to think about, okay, how do I get my children to love Islam? Mm-hmm. That's when I started to think, actually, I can't find anything out there. And mm-hmm. I've always loved that whole kind of Scandinavian aesthetics, um, that kind of a little bit minimalist. I, I really didn't like those very garish, bright colors and mm-hmm. cheap cheap tears out there like you know obviously being a designer there's a certain aesthetic that I look for and mm-hmm. and so I couldn't find that for Islamic you know any kind of child Islamic um, products decor etc so I decided to do my own so I think I started off with a few of my favorite ayats and mm-hmm. and um and then put it out there and I remember selling like one for 10 pounds and Um, and then people bought it and then suddenly I found that a lot of people actually wanted it and it kind of just continued and then and then I you know along the way I met different people who are creative and somehow it also turned into products so um, one of the things that really did really well was my Allah's with you wherever you are cloud hanging it started off being paper cardboard because my friend could cut it for me and then it became this wooden piece and and that was one of the iconic property pieces that were being sold at that time and, and yeah it kind of just grew into like prayer mats like kids prayer mats etc some of the projects took longer than others um but alhamdulillah you know like the It, it, it was amazing finding a whole community of like other Muslim moms who actually wanted to inspire the children, but also they were, you know, they 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 wanted it to look stylish as well. They wanted it to fit in their, their home and fit in with their aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what happened, like, so so this went on for, for almost seven years oh, and true. it was going well, alhamdulillah, everything was going well. I had some amazing collaborations with other brands with like the same values and ethos. Um, but what happened was after my second child, I realized um, that I was, you know, I started the business so that I could have a creative outlet, could teach my children, be kind of connected to the to my dean and to the, the umma. Well, the most important thing was being able to spend time with my children, mm. but I wasn't. I remember, like, when I had my son, who was the second one, like, he was sleeping in, in the cot next to me. I'll be packing orders. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is, I'm supposed to be spending time with my kids. And then it, it got it got to a point where, you know, I sometimes had to neglect my kids. I'd ignore them so that I could get orders out. And mm-hmm. um, it wasn't sustainable. And mm-hmm. we know that it has to be, right? And I kept looking at scaling up. But then I think one day... I was speaking to a business coach and she said like, okay, like, you know, where do you want to take this business? Like what, what, what matters for you? And, and it worked out that, you know, for me to take it where I want it to be, like I would have this number of people on my team. I would be working this number of hours. And it wasn't at that time, it didn't feel like it was fitting in with my mm-hmm. lifestyle, my young family. And that's when I decided, okay, I think it's time for me to pivot Also, because it happened that at that very time, I was also in this group of other um, amazing women entrepreneurs, Muslim Muslim um, b- women in business, and 
they all had their own small businesses and they were all asking questions about branding. And I realized that, hey, actually, I could answer these questions and I was able to help them. Mm-hmm. And that's where Studio No Anissa was slowly getting formed in a way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think there was a bit of a transition when I was selling the, trying to sell the company or preparing to sell it and actually starting my own thing. So, so when I was more or less established with Studio Nornisa, I've got it off the ground. That's when I thought, okay, I can't run two businesses at the same time now. Definitely not. And and I found someone. I finally found someone who could take over the business. And that's when I decided to, you know, mm. let it go. It took me a while. It took me two years to finally let it go. I, I yeah. said I could sell it, but I couldn't. I realized mm. how attached I was to it. Because <laughs> it's like my baby, you know. The same time as my daughter. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll continue this conversation after the break because we'll be having a break very shortly. So just um, to remind the listeners, this is Inspire FM Luton on one hundred five point one. We'll begin for a short break, so please don't go away. Stay tuned. We have a lot to discuss after the break with May, who's a brand strategist and designer. So we'll go for a few minutes break, May, and we'll be back. Um, so stay tuned, everyone. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back everyone. This is the Arise to Success show. We have May, who is a brand strategist and designer, and she is sharing with us today how she started her first business, Puppetry, from scratch when she was a new mom, besides the challenges and wins. After selling this business, May is now back to doing branding to help more Muslim small businesses shine as their go-to, but the big goal has always been the same for her, which is to inspire new generations of young Muslims to feel a sense of belonging and to feel proud to be visible Muslims who want to continue to do good and to uplift to the Ummah. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send them on 0779481822. So maybe before the break, we were talking about more of what is branding to help us to understand. I mean, myself, that has been very useful. So Zakhir for sharing and, and, and explaining what branding is and how it differs from marketing and all the other aspects that relate to business. And we just started also talking about your first business and um, how you started this as a, as a new mom um, and then how it developed and, and we got to selling it and you said that you were quite attached to it and that's normal for us <laughs> if we do something that we love, right? We become very attached to it. Yeah. And then we had to go for a break. So could you tell us more about how you managed to detach because that's something that is quite difficult to do. And also, you know, if we can get into the wins and, 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 and struggles that you had with the business as well. Yeah, so with the... Okay, so we, it's I don't know. Some people might think this is very woo woo, <laughs> but someone suggested I do some cord cutting meditation. Okay, and and I actually did that with uh-huh. puppetry because I felt like you know, on on one hand I was saying I I need to sell the business because it's not. I felt like you know if I hung on to it, it's going to, I'm not going to do a lot of good to it because I didn't have the capacity to put my energy into it to to do the things in it that would help it to grow and I was just hanging on to it for the sake of hanging on to it and I knew that there would be someone else who could take it to new heights new levels places I wanted it to go without um that I couldn't do by myself because I felt like I didn't have the you know at that time I felt like I didn't have the support of anyone really like it was a very lonely journey I think a, a lot of small businesses I've spoken to feel the same where it feels like a lonely journey although you know I also want to say you don't have to there's so many wonderful Muslim small businesses out there and you know it's it's because of the people that I've been hanging out with that that has given me that support that I've been able to keep going mm. um, and I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have, I have to say, like, during, you know, towards the the last few years when, when I was going to um, sell the business, like, there were many times I kind of wanted to give up because I didn't have the time or energy for it. Mm-hmm. And how do I put it? Yeah, and, and I what I've noticed was I keep taking breaks as well to, like, re- just to recover because, like, 
a lot of people, a lot of businesses or Muslim businesses probably will see that, you know, you have the, the push, which is during Ramadan, right? And then after that, after Eid, it's like, oh gosh, like you just have to take a break because it was just so, so much to, to handle. Um, so there was a lot of that, like it was like on and off and on and off. And it was like, no, this is, this is not, this is not how I want to run my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, yeah, one of the challenges is that like, you know, feeling lonely, but Alhamdulillah, there's been so many wonderful networks of people that have been able to kind of um, had the support to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I think it was one of the bigger challenges I had was actually when I have ideas, there's so no wait hold on there's so many ideas and i hear this a lot as well there's so many ideas like you don't know where to how to which one to start with which one to get out there um or even sometimes how to get those those ideas into you know into fruition in, like taking it from concept to finish um mm-hmm. or product as a product business um the biggest thing was trying to find a manufacturer and i remember when i was um like one of my favorite products that I, I created and sold was the kids' prayer mats because at that time when I started it, you know, there wasn't really anyone else in the market who was doing something like that. And uh, what it was was like, you know, I had done all these sketches, but finding the right people to to print it, to make it, to do it at a good, uh, to do it at a good, you know, price so that I could sell it for profit was really hard and. And it took me two years. And then I think and then I think what, what made it worse was when I finally got to doing that, um, I remember what was it? Yeah, there was a point when I was um trying to sell it to a stockist, like a, a well known stockist had wanted to to stock it and, and that was amazing news, right? But then she couldn't shift it. Mm-hmm. And 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 then she told me, Oh, really, your prayer match should be you know, like 15 pounds because all the other kids' prayer mats out there are 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. And it cost 20 pounds to create each mat. Wow. And after all the hard work, after all the blood, sweat and tears, it was like a punch to the gut because I'm like, well, this is not like all the other kids' prayer mats because they are, you know, very cheaply made and smaller. They're like, you know, when I think a lot of small businesses might have had might have gone through that. It's like you put in all your heart and soul and then someone tells you, well, it's not worth it. It's, this is not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that. But then I think, so that kind of set me back a little bit. But I think what I later realized when I actually studied the whole situation, analyzed the whole situation, was that it's not because my product was bad. Mm. I had the customers for it. I sold out on my pyramids. But we were, and this is why branding is important. Mm-hmm. Our, and like our target audience were very different to yeah. begin with. Um, also, both of us were in the UK, and and so like the kind of the kind of people that she had to to her um, the kind of customers customer base that she has they they are not some they're not the kind of audience that I have. No. So you know um, it, it's just different. You know we're looking for different things, and mm-hmm. and so like for me that was one of the reasons. And then what I also found was that you know people who like my audience would have followed me for a long time and they knew what I could offer. So I had built up reputation and mm-hmm. trust and therefore people were more ready to buy from me because there was all this other work around like that whole brand building behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then what I later did as well was I actually, um, rather than just selling a prayer mat, I turned, I kind of made it into, okay, let's, how could we put more value into it? And then it was actually putting in more of a, let's solve someone's problem. And for a lot of moms, it was like, they want to help to raise good Muslims. They want their children to pray. And so I was marketing it then or packaging it up as like a, um, like your first prayer mat in a way it's, it's getting people to, or not getting people, getting, getting children to start to understand or to, to be introduced to Allah, to the concept of zikr even. So like, I had this promo video, which was all about, this is like a safe space for a child to go and turn to Allah or or just to, it's, it's, a, it's a place for, you know, for tummy time or for a little kid to play imam. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was bringing in more of those kind of emotions. Like, I'm, like I mentioned to you before, it's like conjuring up those emotions. It's about solving a problem for somebody, but then showing how you're solving that problem. And Alhamdulillah, when I did that, my sales was even better because 
people see it like, okay, I got this whole package. Like there was a Salah coloring chart. I created this like Salah tree where all the leaves are like the different prayers of the day. And then if you do Sunnah prayers, you get to color in an apple and mm-hmm. you can color like the leaves could be either green or brown or yellow, depending on how, how well you did in your Salah. But it helps you to get an idea. It helps you to track, but also helps you get an idea of what, like how your Salah is like. And I think it, it was like basically you know, selling this whole package. You got this little tote bag that can bring your prayer mat around. There was like a tasbih for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the whole look and feel was obviously a very poppetry look and feel. So so it made it more appealing for somebody to buy then because you're not just buying a product. You're buying, you're buying um, how do I put it? You're buying like a solution in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so then, yes. Going back to okay, it's not because my product was only worth fifteen pounds. It's just that you know you need to know where you're adding value and to be able to speak to the right people mm-hmm. about it, and and people will pay. Because I've had my products, you know, the cloud I was telling you about. I had so many companies copying it and selling it for like so mm-hmm. cheap online, mm-hmm. and this if not they weren't even Muslim companies. Oh, wow. Are the small Muslim companies to sell, and it was like I mean at first it was infuriating, but then at the same time it's like actually I noticed that people were still willing to come and buy from me and buy the original because they supported the brand. Mm. Again, I'm bringing it back to this is why brand building is important because you have got the loyalty of your customers and know that they are going to get quality from you each time or that buying from you makes them feel a certain way and they just feel happy to be paying that little bit extra yeah. for the experience and to know that they have supported the small business or whatever that is. Um, mm. So, yeah. So, so those, those were like my initial challenges was that that was the copying. There was the people maybe not appreciating what has gone into like creating those products and how much the value was, but the wins was that, you know, that I, I did have an amazing community of, of customers who, mm. who really supported what I was trying to do beyond just products mm. um, and, and were happy to support me. So like, I'm, I'm eternally grateful to them because they helped me learn and become a better Muslim just by how they were as well. Mm. That's amazing. And mashallah, you, you shared really good information there. And you're just making me think as well that not because somebody commented on our products or services, whatever we're doing in a negative way, we underestimate ourselves and we take that on board. Yeah. Find yourself, you know, in the right place. And as you did, mashallah, you found yourself with the right community, with the right customers who bought from you. And not necessarily that, you know, this this um, person meant it in a negative way, but no, I don't think so. Exactly. Our audience was very different. So kind of like, you know, to make sure that you don't stick to one single view um, or, or just take on what everybody's saying, but to find yourself in the right place is quite important. So thank you for sharing that. Mm. And it's also making me think, does branding change from time to time? So say, for example, you know, the time when you were selling to the children, you know, um, mentality changes you know things change very time and we're, we are in a time where things are changing very quickly so i'm wondering here does that branding do we need to invest in branding several times or is it just once as the foundation or do we need to constantly change it i wouldn't say it's like a huge change i mean definitely it is important to invest in branding if you're able to um or at least consider it and 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 like you say it's building that foundation but just as you've built a foundation you've built a house you've got all your rooms sometimes you know you you might feel like okay you know maybe there's some kind something that happened in your life for example you've welcomed more children or and you think actually i need a bit of an update because maybe i've changed as, as a person i've changed in terms of my needs i'm a mom now and i need things in certain places in the ha- in the home uh, like you know you want kid-friendly spaces or like maybe you need to have like a a, a room that's got like a how do I call it you know that you can escape to to have some calm and it, yeah. it's the same thing with branding you know like you have the foundation built you probably wouldn't change as a person and the what you're trying to do um like what you're trying to do through your business probably the core essence of it wouldn't have changed but it's just the way that you approach it, the way that you present yourself, obviously would need an update once in a while because, mm-hmm. you know, even even like customers might change. You might realize, oh, I've got a whole new generation of maybe, I don't know, what is it? 
like the it's I can't remember what they call it. Like it's it's even younger than the millennials and the Gen Z. It's like a mix or something, and. Mm-hmm. You know, you have different generations coming out with different needs. With diff- they're savvy about different things, and you want to. You might notice I'm starting to appeal to a very different group of people, mm-hmm. and then obviously your messaging, your design, the the way you present yourself would change. I mean, if you look at like some of the luxury brands, mm-hmm. like Chanel, I remember like Chanel used to be this whole like very chic and black and white, very elegant, and then like somehow along the years, I remember going back to it and I saw this this ads and that ad campaigns you know the whole brand itself hasn't like the brand the branding itself hasn't changed you still get a black and white and that you know what it stands for but the campaigns have changed a bit in terms of there's a little bit more edginess to it there's you know the the models there's like some younger models like some younger um kind of like newer influencers that you might be kind of in um, familiar with and and the just the attitude also Mm. has but it doesn't it's not like a huge departure from where they were it's just an involved version and that makes it exciting as well but it is about you know looking at if you're always trying to serve your audience and that is the main point right if you're always trying to serve your audience and looking at how you can help them with whatever they're looking for then Mm. you will most likely just be evolving with them at the same time yeah and 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 you know and and that's why you know when people come out with a small business and thinking like oh yes I, want, I need to do I need to get everything perfect before I launch my business like there's no need to like you know get an MVP out there right I think I think you must have had this before as well and because you will learn from your audience what they really need and you just keep tweaking your offers as you go along and that's completely fine. The, the main thing is to know what you stand for, like the, the, get the core, get a foundation right, know how you're different to other people mm-hmm. and, and the messaging that goes to communicate that, the, the visuals and everything that goes to communicate that, all the little details, et cetera. Sometimes you, you do find out along the way, actually, I, I, I don't want to work with, I don't want to serve this kind of people. I do want to change it to this very particular niche. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing. As you niche more and more, and that's good to niche, you will find that, okay, you can tweak your branding a little bit more to, yeah. to really speak to that group of people, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love how you explain it and how you kind of give real-life examples with it as well to make it um, a very easy to understand, like the house and how you build the foundation and then you kind of update it depending on your situation and, and as you said, depending on the audience as well. So I love the example. So thank you. You made it very, very clear. And I'm just going to remind the listeners and if anybody just joined us recently, we have May on the show today who's a brand strategist and designer and she's sharing with us how she started her first business, puppetry from scratch when she was a new mom, besides the challenges and wins. And after selling, selling this business, she's now back to doing branding to help more Muslim small businesses shine as the go-to. But the big goal has always been the same for her, which is to inspire new generations of young Muslims to feel a sense of belonging and to feel proud to be visible Muslims and who continue to do good and uplift to the Ummah. Listeners, if you have any questions, if you have any comments or, you know, specific questions to me, please send those to um, 0779481822. So may all the may all the things that you've shared have been really really amazing. I'm I'm really interesting also to learn more about that goal that you you've had, which is to inspire new generations of young Muslims. How do you do this? And now that you moved into branding, how do you do this work? Yeah. So you know, for for me, it's it's about because what I see is branding has the power to change perceptions mm. and mm. change narratives. How I see it is. I've, I've always had this dream of like, oh, I would love to one day like walk into a department store that's like Selfridges, but it's like all these Muslim brands. Wow. And you know how, you know how like you have all these brands that are, there's so many amazing Muslim brands that are out there that's got all this, they're just operating with Ihsan. And, and then, you know, if it's coming across as being of a certain caliber, Mm-hmm. That then you would then see like oh you know all these Muslim brands are so inspiring or oh, oh I, it becomes an example or role model in a way for the younger generations as well but also for like non-Muslims to see it and think like that's inspiring that's awesome and and so that's all to do with branding and that's why I see branding as being important because brands are such a core part of our life no you know 
even though you think like I'm not into brands, etc., somehow it is. You go to the supermarket, you go to Waitrose or Aldi, you have a choice. You have decided what brand you're going to go for, even if it's like, you know, the what do you call that? Like uh, the, the essentials or whatever. Um, there, there are things that you choose because of who you are and your preferences, etc. And so what I... I'm hoping to do is, you know, through branding, through helping other small businesses show up and be confident and, and, you know, do the good that they do. People would see Muslims in general, inshallah, mm-hmm. as, as been inspiring and seeing the, the, the beauty and grace and integrity that comes with it and the Isan behind it. And, and in terms of like how I'm doing it at the moment, so that's that's working with small businesses itself, but also inshallah, I'm like hoping to get more into mentoring like younger, um, how to put it? No, sorry. So young young Muslim creatives who are also looking into doing more branding or strategy design, etc. Um, and and I'm also kind of like doing workshops and masterclasses. Like, even if you don't work with me, that's fine. You know, it, it, I just want to get the message out there because the more of us do the same thing with intention and and all that, then it kind of, it's like, you know, all of us have to work together to yeah. kind of uplift the whole ummah. And and I, I see myself helping with the branding being, being like a very small, um, like it's just starting the ripples, really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I love how you just, as you said, you want to kind of like walk into self-fridge and just see all these <laughs> brands, right? And it reminds me of the time of the Prophet Muhammad Sallam, there was a lot of, mashallah, rich sahabas there. And being rich and having brands is, is something actually that is encouraged in, in the Muslim society because it helps us to uplift the ummah, as you've mentioned. Mm. So it's good. And, and there's always, you know, good and bad uses of everything, right? Definitely. So as long as we use um, the wealth in the right way, inshallah, and uplift the ummah together with that. With your branding, do you help? What kind of businesses do you help? Is it just new small businesses or any businesses out there, Muslim businesses? Well, I love working with small businesses because I think this is where they might not necessarily have the help that they they want or or need um i mean i i've worked with like big brands like unilever and procter and gamble etc and you like in a way i've seen how things work like what works what doesn't um but i know small businesses don't have don't always have those funds or those teams to be able to to do that yet there are so many like how do i put it there's so many you know beautiful small muslim businesses a lot who have who really just want to get their products or offerings out there because they want to help yeah. make a positive difference in the world, in the community, in the ummah, et cetera. And, and I, you know, I think that's amazing. And I want to be able to, to be able to be part of that journey. Yeah. Because I think it, it kind of builds such a strong community when all of us, are able to uplift one another and and so that's why when i said like um you know i help visionary muslim businesses it's a lot of my clients tend to have that vision of wanting to be able to make a positive difference or they have this great idea or great product and and obviously the the funds go back to doing some great causes um etc and for me that is important mm-hmm. um a lot of the businesses i work with as well tend to be I feel like, you know, I can, I think I can work with quite a lot of different brands or like sectors, but mm-hmm. I'm very drawn to like women built businesses, I find. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that, that there is, um, and, and let me just add on as well, like because I have run Poppetry before, I again, and because I love packaging, like that was my first love. That's why I went into what I did in, you mm-hmm. know, when I was 18 years old. Um, that was like that that's what I feel like is my strongest point. And that's why this this is what like I love to do more of. But at the mm. same time, you know, because of what I've been doing over the last few years, I find I, I love working with coaches and consultants as well. So um yeah, so we've got that. And and yeah, I, I would say mostly I I love helping like small businesses, women build, um <clears throat> and and it could be product 
or, or coaching consultancy, etc. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> me. And inshallah, may Allah reward you as well. And for you to get the rewards of helping sure. Muslims. Because you know, when we help somebody, we get the rewards of that action as well. So inshallah, you get all the rewards. Inshallah. Your intention is very clear on, 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 on what you say. <laughs> Excuse me, yes. That's okay. So mm-hmm. where can where can people find you if they want to learn more about, you know, alhamdulillah, I'm hoping that today's um, interview kind of made it clear for people to understand what branding is and certainly has helped me to understand it. If people want to know more and, and, and kind of like, you know, benefit from what you're offering, where can they find you? Um, definitely on Instagram. So I'm at um, studio.noranisa. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also hop on to my website, which I'm, you know, forever trying to finish is www.strideintoyourbrilliance.com mm-hmm. um and yeah you can also find me on linkedin it's maylene sia yeah and and oh threats as well i'm on threats sometimes <laughs> i know that's like a new platform so yeah. yeah you can find me in these places brilliant and when you said websites do you actually design websites as well or is it i do, I do. So, so basically because because you know the whole brand experience like the whole customer journey Websites mm-hmm. is one of those important things where when people find out, first discover your, about your brand, they go and look at your website and your social media. And so that's mm-hmm. almost like a storefront, isn't it? So, yeah, this is something very important. And I find that a lot of like the work that I do with my clients, like finding out like how they should show up, it's usually easiest to see how that looks like on a website because it really encapsulates what a brand looks and feels like, the kind of emotions that it kind of conjures, like, what kind of perception gives people how it positions itself in mm. the marketplace etc you can all you can get a sense of that very quickly when you're when you go to someone's website or maybe social media so so those are um, definitely things i do as well great brilliant jazakallah khair Maylin. i don't know where tom has gone tom has just gone so fast and it is the end of the show but jazakallah khair for having for being here with us today and for having me yeah, and for all that you've shared, the wins and the challenges and your journey, it's been amazing and, and the branding as well. Listeners, yeah. thank you very much for being here uh, with us as well. I hope you have enjoyed and benefited from this episode as much as I did. And please do stay tuned to future shows. This show takes place every Monday from 6 to 7, so please do join us. And if you are or if you know somebody who would like to share your story on our radio show, please get in touch with us at 0779 Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.